I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. We're two landscape designers that have been in the business for well over 25 years. And through our podcast, Digging Deep, we're going to bring to you our knowledge, our challenges. Our foibles, that means our mistakes, and our stories. That's the best part, our (laughs) stories. Anything that we can do to help you and your family create these wonderful, unbelievable landscapes. Yes, I love designing landscapes. And you know what my favorite part is? Is making the transformation where before nobody went out in their yard except to sigh and think of the work they had to do to making and creating an outdoor room where they go out every morning and love it. So I love that. And one of the reasons where we came up with the topic, which you'll kind of be wondering, what are they going to talk about this time, was I happened to go on a little journey. It was for work, but it was also to see a friend. And I was up in the Seattle area. And I have to say, uh, absolutely gorgeous. But I saw some design things um, with the use of rocks, boulders, what do they say, rock on, that just literally blew my mind. And especially um, in, there's there's an area right out of Seattle called Woodenville, where they redid the city center. And I got to tell you, that is one of the most magnificent landscapes for um, city centers. I mean, it was all based around planting and foliage and, as I said, big boulders. And it was just amazing. So I thought, what, what a great idea. Roberta and I can talk about it. And I know Roberta uses rocks a lot. And she's got some really good t- techniques. I do. If you have never gone to uh, your local rock yard, I urge you to do so because the variety, the sizes, the colors, the shapes are wonderful. And in a landscape, those are not your big, you know, ticket items. Yes, you could get something huge and Stonehenge-like, and yes, it will cost you several thousand dollars. But for the most part, if you're looking for some nice boulders, one and a half feet to two feet, it's not expensive. And it's a way to put a rock natural formation, which is also an art form into your landscape. Absolutely. In fact, when I was up up there, one of the things that was so nice is they would take right at the street area where they had this big area of planting and kind of weave a dry creek bed, but they would start with a big boulder. And of course, when you use rocks, you don't just dump them on top so it looks like a meteor that fell out of the sky. You actually... dig them in and you can see a soil line and you dig them up to this and place them into the soil line so that they look like they've always been there. Right. You were, we're in Sacramento, California and um, a rock that's indigenous to this area that we use quite a bit is called moss rock and moss rock. It's a deep brown color and it has this black scaly stuff on it and the black scaly stuff when it rains turns to moss, green moss. It's really lovely. Moss is an amazing, you'd think it's dead, but it's not. So in your area, I'm sure there are certain and different varieties of um, of indigenous rocks as well. There's no problem to bring in something that's not in your area. We also, Sierra boulders, which is kind of in our area. We have the Sierra right. too far. But there are all kinds of fabulous rocks. And um, I so urge you and Michael too, to start considering using them. 
there, if you've ever seen Chinese, we've seen Japanese gardens, but Chinese gardens are almost, I don't know, 98% rock. They look at these rocks as, you know, miniatures of mountains. So one of the things that I saw up there, and again, that I really liked was, it's not that they just put a single rock or anything. They even use, so so there were some banks on the side um, where they had actually cut steps and they poured the concrete, but instead of this very crisp, concrete you know squared off concrete and squared off rises and everything they use the boulders the natural rock as kind of a border not not only did it hold back the hillside and behind them they had drainage but they also they they put the i'm assuming the way they did that is they built the walls first and then they poured the concrete right up to it so you've got these incredible spaces where instead of rock concrete space you actually have the concrete going in between where the rocks are and it, and it's a seamless transition and i gotta tell you it looked amazing it's wonderful and you know there's um rocks can come in large flat um varieties thick and flat sometimes i'll use a big slab maybe six inch deep by four foot piece of slate as a step instead of a concrete step right right it's magical. I mean, if you're doing a Japanese garden or not even a Japanese garden, just to add a different type of accent to your garden, rocks, boulders, cobble, um, all the different stones are great ways to create something new. And it, it's really not expensive. Not, you know, if you're looking at pools and outdoor kitchens, that's a whole other ball game. But if you're just doing a simple landscape design where we're in a horrible drought we've been in a horrible drought and we're continuing into a horrible drought it, it really explore the idea of using boulders and mounds and cobble and your drought tolerant planting it'll just it's like magic absolutely and in fact another idea is if you want edging instead of doing you know a lot of times you'll see it's a little bit more maintenance, but especially if you use ground cover, you don't need need to worry about that. Where you they pour a concrete mow strip or an edging, or they use plastic, and sometimes we use metal. Another option, if you want to, if you're going for a much more rural, natural look, is that you would dig a trench, um, maybe 18 inches deep by 18 inches wide or 12 inches wide. You can pour mortar into the trench, and then you buy these headstones. They're natural moss rock they're natural boulders that they're the size of a person's head and they're not completely round they're jagged or anything but you push them into the mortar and then you you um butt one up against the other and the neat thing about it and then you use a little bit of, of smaller rock around that if there's any mortar showing and what you do is when you backfill it and plant it um, in the front, if you have ground cover, it comes right up to the edge. And in the back, you have ground cover hanging over. So it creates this wonderful division or separation. But instead of it looking man-made, it looks very natural. It's just a beautiful effect. Yeah. You know, head size moss rock, which literally they are head size, our head size, um, usually come in cages, um, big round cages. And um, they're wonderful also for doing short little retaining wall. So let's say you have a, a mounded bed and you want to keep the dirt up on the mound, then you can, without any mortar at all, stack the moss rock along the bottom. And you could stack it, you know, two feet high max and then backfill it with dirt. And it makes a beautiful natural, because it is natural, rock wall. 
but short, but beautiful. Right. And and um, you may have seen that if any of you ever go into the Napa Valley and you go along the Silverado Trail back in the in the gold rush era or a little past that the um, immigrants, the Chinese immigrants used to do these stacked rock walls, no mortar or anything using the moss rock all through Napa. And you can drive through the uh, along the Silverado Trail. and You can see remnants of these beautiful, beautiful moss rock uh, walls. They're still there. And um, they're just they're they're majestic. Yeah, the same in England. I mean, there's all over they've they stacked rocks and, and they've been there for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And the interesting thing is for if any of our listeners happen to be from back east, um, there's a freeze thaw effect back east where you get the heavy, heavy freezes and then it thaws and then freezes again. It's it's sometimes very difficult to use full masonry units, you know, like concrete block, because the water gets in there and then when and it freezes and it expands. So a lot of the block um, shatters. But when you do the stacked rocks, in fact, I was working in upstate New York and all the walls we designed were all done with stacked rock, um, very little mortar, if no mortar at all. And they didn't have the problem of worrying about, you know, uh, cracking and shattering because it basically was just rocks piled one on top of the other like a big puzzle and I will tell you it's it's very artistic um it's not something that you easily can whip out but if you're doing if if you have any sort of artistic ability or you're good at puzzles that's basically what you do it's like fitting one rock next to the other it's like building a puzzle well speaking of art and rocks there's a fabulous artist named Andy Goldsworthy and his art is mainly he stacks art. I mean, stacks rocks. He'll he'll stack flat pieces of shale, starting small at the bottom and making almost a ball. Actually, a ball of of the rocks. I mean, it's it's amazing. If you've never seen his work, he's also done. Um, oh gosh, something really famous. He did a, a stacked rock wall that weaves just like a snake through the trees in a forest. I mean, it's, his stuff is amazing. If you've never seen Andy Goldworthy. Um, his main artistic tool are rocks. And, yeah. and, you know, some of the things that I mentioned earlier and, and Roberta mentioned it, but working with rocks, number one, whenever possible, use rocks that are indigenous to your area, meaning they, they come from your area so that you're not putting in lava rock, you know, from Hawaii that's, you know, a red or black when you've got natural moss rock that, that's laying around the hillsides. That doesn't look more natural. So try to use indigenous materials. Number two, um, kind of sink them into the ground, look for the soil lines. And when you, when you, when you do that, that way it doesn't look like it just fell out of the sky and it's just perched on the soil. It actually looks built in and it looks like it belongs. And then also, if you're doing a grouping, try to do, use odd numbers. A uh, single rock becomes an accent, but a grouping of rock, three, five, seven, when you start doing even numbers, it looks too contrived. So in nature, you'll see everything is kind of irregular. And that's what you're trying to go for using rocks and boulders, this really wonderful, irregular look. You know, I use um, uh, river cobble quite a bit to create dry cobble streams that sort of, you know, lend some, um, you know, some meandering form through the landscape. And if you're creating a dry cobble stream look, adding boulders kind of in a helter-skelter way, of course, not lined up on either side, um, makes it very natural. And then by planting 
you know, short grass type plants like, you know, well, anyway, there's the penicetums, there's all kinds of grasses, but um, I use lomandra quite a bit. Um, it actually starts to replicate a real cobble stream without right. water. And the secret to that is you mix the different sizes of your cobble rock for your Absolutely. green bed. Absolutely. So exactly. So it's not all one size. There'd be maybe six inch size of the rock. There'd be three inch. There'd be two inch. There'd be inch and a half. And what I found a kind of a secret, if you got, you know, it's not going to be a straight line. It's going to be meandering, which is what a stream does. But if you want to know where to place some of the bigger boulders, and as Roberta said, you don't line it up. It's not ring around the rosy. But if you want to use an accent of the big boulders and you want to know where to put it, if you look in nature, water comes coursing down an area that's kind of low. And if it hits a boulder, unless you have a torrential, you know, like hurricane gale, gale water coming through, it basically will hit the big rock and it can't move it. So then it'll change direction and go a different direction and kind of pull through the soil until it, it's free. So the kind of the secret is as you're changing, if, if you want to change your direction or you want to make it look more meandering that's where you put a big boulder so it looks like the water came through hit the rock bounced off and went the next direction it's kind of a subtlety what i always tell people is when you're hiking when you're looking out in nature you know whether it be the sierras or wherever you are and you see a lot of creeks or streams or dry creek beds take pictures of that because that gives you something to emulate to kind of study and see what nature does and that's what you want to try to copy right you know, it used to be, um, I work with, you know, the same landscape crews I've been working with, but way back when, I remember showing up to the landscape and I had on the plan a meandering cobble stream. So I'd show up and what was there? There was a long ditch of small cobble and then they took all the big pieces and lined the top edge on either side. <laughs> I said, you guys, where do you see this in nature? Exactly. This is ridiculous. That's, that's, that's the number one thing that you see people say they're doing their dry creek bed and it looks like a big, a big, long um, flume of, yeah. of just a straight line of the same rocks in there. It, yeah. It's funny because and when you were saying line it with grasses, that's the picture I took when I was again in, in Seattle is one of the pictures I'm looking at right now is this wonderful. They use Carex and a chorus. It's a, a chorus is a grass. It's kind of a yellow leaf. Um, does better in the shade, but they were taking it and lining it along the creek bed, and it looks so amazingly natural I, that it's just it, it it's it's kind of breathtaking. It really it's, is. It's beautiful. I just saw a picture recently, and this is again, this is where you need a lot of water and part shade. Where um, on either side of the walkway, where this Japanese forest grass called Hakonakloa. Oh, uh, I love that. I love oh. that. God, it was so beautiful. I have tried to grow it, you know, here, and it's unless you have, like I said, a shady, moist place, it's just not going to make it. It it hung on for quite a while, but to see it in its full glory, which in Seattle you can, and in parts of Oregon you can, but um, not here so much. The Carex grasses. I know we're going from rocks to grasses, but the Carex is a huge family, and one of my favorite. There's two, a couple favorites. One is the Buchanan, and it's yeah. a 
big, it's a big bronze colored grass. Some people look at it and say it's dead. It's not dead. It's beautiful and bronze. And if you plant it, you know, um, in groups, then it really shows. And then with other color to pop, there's another one called Prairie Fire, which is the Testacea. And that Carex is actually an orange color. It gets oranger in the winter. And um, these grasses are evergreen. And if you accent them, for example, again, I'm looking at another picture where they use big boulders um, set in into kind of a meandering walkway. And the boulders not only um, accent the, the walkway, but they're big enough that actually uh, I had a picture of someone sitting on them. The kids like to climb on them and they like to sit on them. And then uh, along the edges, instead of the concrete going all the way around, they've got the carrots, the prairie fire tucked into the corners. It's just, and it hangs over the rock and it's just, it's breathtaking. So, I mean, it's, it, it's taking something that you normally would see on a hillside or you wouldn't even pay attention to and utilizing it as part of the design that becomes an art form. Yes. You know, I think um, diving boards, I don't think they're legal anymore. Are they? I'm not quite sure, but I um, in some places, but diving rocks are diving rocks. So I was just going to say, um, if you have, you know, they're using now big boulders called diving rocks so you could jump off the rock. Um, I think diving boards became pretty dangerous. I don't know. Yes. I've, we've taken out so many old funky ones, but um, boulders around the pool are are fabulous too. And a lot of pool companies, you know, that's what they use boulders to edge. Um, so I've had a client who she bought, oh gosh, it must've been four feet wide. We had to bring it in with a tractor or too big for a bobcat and it was uh, about three feet high and she saved her money just for this rock because it became a sitting rock because their house was on a hill and this rock when you're there it just invites you to sit there and then you look out over the valley it's so beautiful so it could be furniture as well natural absolutely and a fountain i mean i'm looking at pictures of again one in in the city center their fountain instead of a bird bath or something like this. And yet the birds and butterflies were all over this. They took big stones, monolithic pieces of stone, drilled them and they were at different heights. And then the water cascaded off of them. And oh my God, was, that was so beautiful. But instead of just leaving it empty, they have uh, all the way around it. They have, they have all the grasses and they have um, some pittosporum and just beautiful stuff. So when you look at it, it looks like this, mo this, this gorgeous, um, you know, like like pond, but instead of having a waterfall, you have a monolith. You know, you have this this um, high piece of stone where the water is bubbling out of it, and it's just beautiful. And you can buy, you could purchase um, rocks. Uh, the basalt rocks are rocks that um, I first saw in Yosemite at Devil's Post Pile, and they almost their they, their form is like a tall crystal. And, yes, um, you could buy them in all different sizes, drilled. And they would go on top of a basin that the basin will actually sit underground and the rock will come on top. And then, you know, you fill the basin with water and the tube goes up the middle of the rock. And then you have this beautiful water feature. So they'll sell kits like that. Of course, if you're going to use something massive and they do have massive ones, you could probably see it at malls and other places. Um, it's a little different of a setup. But for your home, they the salt is one rock, but um, most garden stores now have different rocks, all kinds of different rocks that are drilled and ready for um, water features, including the ones where they, they've cut out a bowl shape and put a little bamboo spout on it. And it becomes um, like a Japanese garden little 
water feature. It's beautiful. Which is wonderful. And and again, um, and they they, uh, they come in all different colors. One of the things that's neat is you can keep all of your rocks pretty much indigenous, but your water feature could be something different. So it's almost like a piece of gemstone. And I've seen some onyx that they've, that they've polished and they've, they've cut. Oh, it's just beautiful. Marble, onyx, travertine, all these different things. So that they become this this natural jewel. One other technique that I've used before, um, if if you happen to buy stone that has already moss on it, it's it's good to be able to place that so that 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 mossy area gets afternoon shade and morning sun. So they the moss will do really well with water on it, but it'll also do much better if it doesn't get hot afternoon sun. And if you had some and it fell off. And you wanna you wanna put moss on some of the other things. Um, there's a recipe. You take buttermilk. You take either horse poop or cow poop, a little bit of it. You put it into a mixer. You blend it all together, and you paint it onto the rock. And what happens is it begins to moss. The rock begins to moss, especially if it's in the shade and it's and it's a little bit wet. Um, it begins to grow the moss because of the spores that the grass of the horse poop or the the cow poop is. There are there are grass spores in there and um, there are microbes in there, and so it begins to start growing its own moss. It's really an interesting effect. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, I have to get up early and I have to feed cats in the front, cats in the back, and I don't want to have to go out and feed my moss rocks as well. Right. <laughs> I understand that. But for those people that want it, want a kind of a different look, it might be something different that you might want to it's, feed your moss rock. It's absolutely fun to play with. And if you live in a, let's say, a condo and you have just a very small terracey garden, a, a beautiful boulder with moss on it, some river cobble, some, you know, little mound, the Japanese maple, you could have a fabulous little garden in a space as small as 20 by 10 or even smaller. So um, consider using boulders. Rocks, boulders, cobble, anything that you can rock on and create this wonderful environment. Yeah, rock on is what we've called this. And we are excited for you to get excited about using rock and boulders. So that wraps up our rock on little show here of digging. Yes, deep. <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm Michael Glassman. And we are digging deep.